0: Good morning, Northwest. Good morning, good morning. Welcome. If you are visiting us today, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. If you're watching us online, a big welcome to you as well. My name is Crystal Brunton. I am the other Brunton. I'm not usually up here. Yes, the other Brunton. And I am one of the pastors here at Northwest Church. I also work for International Justice Mission. I serve as the Orlando team leader. And International Justice Mission, just in case um, there might be a few of you who are not familiar with them, they are the largest anti-trafficking organization in the world. And they work in different communities throughout the world to rescue the enslaved and to strengthen the justice systems that are in place there. They work with the police, and with the courts, and with the government to j- just bring systemic change to, uh, to that that culture of slavery that still exists in certain parts of the world. And as you saw from the video, today is Freedom Sunday, and we're joining churches all over the world in in, in Coming to God and asking God to give us to, to give us strength and to to tell us what to do, what our part is to help in solving this problem of slavery around the world there 's something so powerful about joining in with other churches that 's why I love that that clip so much because it really gives us a broad perspective of god 's church worldwide, and sometimes we get so focused in on just what we 're doing here or locally but to see what God is doing in Germany and Africa and all of these other places is so powerful. So we join them today. We join the church collective today in seeking God on this issue. Well, why why do you suppose that it's important for us to come together? Why, Why are we dedicating an entire church service to this cause? The answer is because there are over 45 million people still enslaved in the world today. Is that not mind-boggling? I mean, that's a really large number. We've broken it down here just to give you a visual of what that looks like. So there's 20 million people in the state of Florida. So 45 million would be over double the population of the state. How crazy is that? That would be like every one of us living as a slave in the state of Florida. I, you know, even as I was studying for this and I was, and I, these numbers are very familiar to me, but I still struggle with thinking, how is it possible? How is it possible that more people are enslaved in the world today than at any other time in history Is that not mind-boggling? With the modern advances in technology that we have today, with the education that exists today, with all of the charitable organizations and the resources that we are pumping into the world today, how are we still plagued with this ancient problem? How is that? This is crazy. I believe it's because we have an ancient problem. Enemy who has fought to enslave mankind since the beginning of time. And the Bible tells us very clearly, in fact, John 10 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. (laughs) The New Living Translation says, The thief's purpose, his purpose, his entire purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And we have to become aware of that every single day. The scripture, it's become so vivid to me over the last couple of years. Um, I travel to different parts of the world, and, and I've witnessed slavery, even child slavery. And it is incredible to me how in some places in the world, it is just an accepted part of life. I wanted to share some pictures with you of the boys on Lake Volta in Ghana. And last year at Freedom Sunday, I spoke a little bit about the boys. These are... Boys uh, as young as six years old. And just to be clear, these are actually not the pictures that I took. I can't show the pictures that I took, but these are pictures that um, I believe Compassion International have these on their website. Um, So these are approved to show you. Um, But these are um, actual pictures of boys that are enslaved on Lake Volta in Ghana. And um, it's incredible how (laughs) this, this, this exists. These boys don't know how old they are, they don't know where their parents are, they don't, they don't know if anyone's even looking for them. This is a massive problem that we were right in the middle of trying to tackle last year. So I'm going to come back to this, and I'm going to give you an update on the situation that's happening, because there's a lot to tell you on this. But first, I want to tell you the story of Liana. I met Liana and her grandfather about three years ago. I was in the Dominican Republic, And she was an extremely timid girl. But as I spent time with her, I became amazed at the amount of resilience she had, at the way that she was able to overcome tragedy and heartache and still find the beauty in life. And so I thought it was super important for me to to, to share with you, for you to get a glimpse into her life this morning. Because God wants to speak to us today in a particular way through Liana's story. So let's take about six minutes and get a glimpse into Liana's world. You can go ahead and play that.
1: It is no good to it alone. Food is meant to be sure. These days, I mostly eat with my grandparents. I wonder if I will ever eat with my mother again. Dear Mother, It's been a while since we've seen each other. There are so many things I want to ask you. When I was growing up, I wondered why I lived with my grandpa. Why was I not with you? Where were you all those years? I didn't understand that you were hurting. Yourself in hurting our family. I didn't know that was why you were away. Do you remember the summer of my 14th birthday? Feliz, te deseamos a ti. <laughs> I talk this is what my life should be. You and me together. So when you ask me to live with you, I say yes. (laughs) I didn't know that you were so broken. dream of being your daughter. Being with you, my mother, meant I was supposed to be safe, but everywhere you took me, I wasn't. Being with you made me afraid because you threatened me, because you sold me. I wish you have loved me enough to protect me. dice duro me contó la llamada te está pasando algo crees que te está haciendo bug something inside of you must have heard to Did you know that I pray for you? Dios mío, te pido por un milagro. Por favor, haz el milagro de que mi madre mejore y deje todas sus adicciones. Dios mío, por favor, haz que este dolor pare. The day I go away for you. And when I finally go to tell grandpa the truth was hard. Ever since I spoke up, everything has changed. With IJM's help, I'm now safe. The fear I had is disappearing. I'm overcoming all that has happened. It's hard to see you in jail, but I hope you can get better. mother, I forgive you. Your daughter, Liana.
0: Wow, Liana's story is powerful, isn't it? And it's hard to fathom that the person who's meant to protect you the most, how they can be so broken that they're incapable of even protecting you in the most basic way. I wanted to share Liana's story in particular today because I think God is trying to tell us something through her story and watching the way that she has overcome. Because we see Liana trapped in a very physical type of slavery, Right? But we also see a, another type of slavery in this film. We see her mother who has addictions, who's stuck in addiction. And I think it's, it's super important for me to, to, to mention this this morning. Addiction is slavery. It's a form of slavery. And whether your addiction is alcohol or nicotine, or whether it's gambling, whether it's pornography, whether it's adultery, or some sort of addiction to a toxic relationship, if there is an addiction in your life today, you are in the grip of an enemy who will not stop until your life is destroyed. We see that the thief's entire purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy and if that's your situation today, I want to give you hope. Because the second half of that scripture is Jesus saying, but I have come. I have come that they may have life and have life abundantly. The New Living Translation says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life and i don't think he's talking about money here because we know lots of wealthy people who are living a very unfulfilled life the type of rich and satisfying life that he's talking about here is one where god's people are actively living out the purpose that he created them for it's where we are actively pushing back against evil It's one where forgiveness abounds, just like you saw in the story of Liana. And it really is mind-blowing to understand how she could forgive her mother for such horrendous crimes. But her ability to forgive empowered her to move on with her life. She was able to graduate from a vocational program that allowed her to create amazing baked goods, these beautiful creations which she can sell to support herself. That forgiveness allowed her and empowered her to move on with going on to college and there are some cards in the back we have an ijm table back there and we have a little card with leana's story on it and on the back side of that card is a prayer request that she has asked us to pray for specifically for her and so i'm going to ask that you take that card with you this week and it's kind of, is pocket size so if you if you would just carry it around with you this week and allow her courage And her ability to forgive to empower you every time you have a difficult situation that you need to face this week. Allow her ability to forgive, to give you the strength that you need in every difficulty you face. Now, as promised, I'm excited to give you an update on the boys in uh, in Ghana, so last year uh, during Freedom Sunday, we were right in the thick of an investigation um, on a certain part of Lake Volta. So when I say Lake Volta, we're, we think we think uh, Lake Iola size, or I don't know Lake killarney size. Lake Volta is the size of the state of Delaware. So that's why it's difficult to imagine, like, why is there even an issue? It's because it's so large. It spans the, pretty much the length of the country of Ghana. And estimations are that hundreds, if not thousands, of young boys are enslaved on this lake. So, so why? How does that happen? Why are they enslaved? Well, it started with the the government um, years ago flooded a forest. And so the lake really is one of the largest man-made bodies of water in the world. And this forest is flooded. So underneath the lake are trees and brambles and all of the things that you see in a forest. So you can imagine, I mean, if there's any fishermen here today, you can imagine trying to fish (laughs) in a forest. When the nets get thrown out, they just get all tangled up in the trees. And it happens so much that opportunistic boatmasters have taken children and they're using children to swim down underneath the water to disentangle the nets. And it's, it's part of a culture there. You know, sometimes the parents are aware of what's happening. When the child is taken by an uncle or a well-meaning relative, sometimes they understand what's happening. But oftentimes, the parents are just bamboozled into knowing that they'll, they'll never see their child again once this transaction is made. And once these boys are, are under the control of these boatmasters, they are mistreated. Many of them drown because they don't know how to swim, and they're being thrown into this lake expected to swim down and pull out a net. A lot of times they get caught in the net and drown. The ones that don't drown have malaria. They have parasites on their skin. You can actually see on their skin um, these parasites just dig their way in there. They are malnourished to where their hair is changing color Their lives are not their own. And so when we went out there, we um, went undercover last year out on a boat just to see. We had heard that there was a lot of slave labor being used in this part of the Volta region, but we needed to go see and investigate. So we went out there with our camera, and, and you just use a small camera, and just to see what was going on. Is what we've been hearing true? And what we encountered was young boy some as young as six, after young boy, after young boy, just working hard in these boats. And it was so difficult to have to see this and not be able to tell them, we're here to help you. We're here to bring you out of this life. This is wrong. And as a mother, to have to turn around and leave a six-year-old enslaved the hardest thing I've ever had to do. All, every, every bone in your body wants to grab this child and say, you're coming with me. I don't, I don't know where we're going, but you're coming with me. I got to get you away from these people. But if we, if we grabbed one or two or three boys that day, there are hundreds if not thousands of others that we were condemning to slavery because they would disappear Word would get out, and they would disappear. So it had to be God's timing. So to have to pull away and not be able to say, don't lose hope, we're coming back. Just hang on until we can get back here with the evidence to get you all. To not be able to tell them that was heart-wrenching. And as as you pull away, as you drive away from this area, I can't even describe the thoughts that go through your head. The only thing that's on your mouth is a prayer to God saying, God, I can't handle this. This problem is too big for me. I can't not even fathom how this is going to be fixed. But we need an answer. We need to know how, what we can do to fix this incredible problem because this we know you are a god who sets the oppressed free and you are a god that wants to bring freedom to these children that you love more than anyone else so this was our prayer as as we're trying to come to terms with what we've just experienced earlier this year our prayers we started to see our prayers being answered the staff at the IJM office gathered over 270 pastors and church leaders from all over Ghana for a justice conference. Here's a picture of that justice conference right there. And the purpose of this justice conference was to encourage local pastors to speak out against the culture of slavery that existed within their communities. (laughs) This is not a popular notion, because it takes a lot of courage to take money out of the pockets of a trafficker. And one of the lead presenters, his name was Reverend Hilliard Dogby. What a spunky fellow. He stood up in front of all of the pastors at this justice conference, and he said, pastors, in your congregations, you have traffickers but you are too afraid to rebuke them because they're the most influential people in your congregation. You have a choice to make today. Either you can be a popular pastor or you can be a faithful pastor, but the choice is yours. As a result of that justice conference and your prayers and your financial contributions, over 100 boys have been rescued from that lake this year alone. Isn't that incredible? We serve a God that sets the captives free. That is so real to me now more than ever. So in April of this past year, we, uh, here, right here at Northwest Church, we had an IJM local prayer gathering where we invited churches from all over the area to come and meet here and pray with us. And we were praying for the immediate release, just the most dire prayer request that we needed immediate answers for. And I know several of you were there, and it was so empowering to come together as a local body of Christ and pray for for the slaves that, that were still in need of rescue. Three days after that prayer gathering, three days after the prayer gathering, three of the young girls that we had been praying for immediate release, their ages are 11, 9, and 6, were rescued out of a brothel in the Philippines. And this is a picture of that rescue. It is so When we come together with a common cause, how many were actually at the prayer gathering? Yeah. Can you imagine you played a part of that rescue? This is your victory as well. And what excites me is that can you imagine what would happen if all of us were there? How many rescues would be possible if the church together came and said, we will no longer tolerate this evil in our lifetime? Allow me to switch gears a little bit here, because I want to address the situation that I I hear this a lot, and so I thought it was important to, to bring it up, to talk about it. I have a lot of people that come up and tell me, wow, and you know, IGM are just such a cool organization, and I would love to be involved, but... Or also, um, I get this, we love the Lovely Project. The Lovely Project goes into schools and it's locally helping girls and we have such a heart for that. I want to get involved, but, (laughs) or there's an area of the church that really, you know, I want to get into working on the production team or serving in the coffee bar, and I really would love to do that, but, and... It's usually, this is usually a few of the excuses that I hear. I am just so bogged down at work right now. Or, I'm having so many issues in my marriage right now. I cannot handle one more thing. Or, I've got so many problems with the kids. I've got problems in my finances. I've got drama at work. I I, I work three jobs just to make ends meet. My car won't start. And I'm not saying this is an invalid list of issues. These issues are very valid. But what I am saying is that I've noticed it's as if we don't know how to step out of the swirling drama in our own life to even see the, the, the purpose that God has created us for. And uh, it's kind of like watching a little hamster on a wheel. My kids used to have a hamster and he was, you know, he was cute and he was fun to watch and we got rid of him because I was the one that ended up cleaning up after him. <laughs> I don't have time for that. So we got rid of the hamster. But you, you watch the hamsters on these wheels, and they're expending energy. They're working hard. Sometimes they don't know how to get off. And at the end of the day, they've gone nowhere. And that, I think, is a very good picture of how our lives can look sometimes. We're running fast. We're, we're busy. We're doing all this stuff. But we're really, at the end of the day, where has it gotten? It? How has it advanced the kingdom of God in the world? So how do we break this vicious cycle? Because these are legit issues. Not having a car that works, having problems at work, being so bogged down with work that you don't have time to spend with your kids. These are our problems. How do we get past this? How do we jump outside of this cycle and see what our purpose is in this life? Listen to me now, because I'm going to share something with you here. The simplest way that the enemy steals, kills, and destroys things in our life is through the use of distractions. We have to recognize this is a tactic of the enemy To be so bogged down with our own problems, with our own issues, we can't even see the resources that we possess, the resources that God has specifically given us to help other people. And sometimes Satan doesn't even have to convince us that something isn't wrong or that something isn't sinful. Unlike Eve in the Garden of Eden... He actively deceived her. He actively pursued her. And some, it may have taken years that we just don't know how long that process was. But with us, I don't think he even has to work that hard. Because at the end of the day, we are so tired and so exhausted and so distracted that we don't have the energy to fight for what's right. When we're tired... The enemy can then steal, kill, and destroy with impunity in the world because we're not paying attention to what's happening outside of our own life. And what are we distracted by? Let's kind of make this personal. We're distracted by anything that grows bigger than God in our lives. It takes up our time. It takes up our energy. This could be a big one. I'll tell you what a big distraction is. Worry. We are the worryingest group of people, and we live in America. Isn't that crazy? We have every resource available to us, and yet we worry. We worry about our health. We worry about our future. We worry about our kids. We worry about our finances. We worry. Has anyone noticed how exhausting it is to worry? Wow, it takes up so much energy when we're worried. And you know what? The enemy is fine with that. Because if we're worried, we're not bothering him. We're not getting in his way. Other distractions in our lives could be a a toxic relationship. Goodness gracious. Relationships can take up a lot of time and energy. And if you're in the wrong relationship, you've got time for nothing else. (laughs) You just don't. Um, It it doesn't even have to be something huge. It can be something like a distraction would be binge-watching Netflix. And this hits home a little close for me, because it's so easy. You find a great show on Netflix, and it's like, I got to see the rest. You know, when I was growing up without Netflix, before Netflix, you, you had commercials, and then you had TV series that you actually had to wait a, a week to watch the next one. You know, now it's like just as much as I want. Binge-watching Netflix. It's a huge distraction. Social media. Oh, my word. I mean... Years have been lost on social media. And it's like, do we walk away from social media feeling full? No. We walk away feeling empty because we're we're looking at politics and we're realizing we really don't like that person as much as we thought we did because of their politics. (laughs) And we're worried about fake news and we're worried about Instagram. And what a distraction. And a good way to break it down, really, if we're thinking about it, is for every hour we're distracted with something that's useless is one hour of fruitfulness for the enemy to do whatever he wants. And I'm not saying these things are wrong. I'm not saying they're sinful, but are they bigger than God in your life? Do you still have room for him in your life? Or is it all Netflix and social media. What do we do? This is a problem. We all agree it's a problem. What do we do about it? How do we get outside of this toxic cycle of distraction? Well, number one is repent. We repent. And I know we say that a lot at this church. You hear that a lot because that's the answer. We repent. God, you know what? I messed up and I messed up big time. I made a poor choice. I made the wrong decision today. Please forgive me. I'm asking for your forgiveness. And then we forgive ourselves because sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, right? To forgive yourself. We have to allow ourselves to feel forgiven by God because the next step is so important. We repent and we obey. We obey what he tells us to do next. And it's a little bit like walking. Repent, obey. Repent, obey. You obey what he tells you to do, even if it feels mundane. Sometimes you think, that can't be from God. That's too simple, and it doesn't sound like it's very enjoyable. But God is preparing you today for what he has for you tomorrow. And preparation doesn't always feel fun. In fact, usually it's 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 not glamorous at all. Sometimes preparation just looks like staying the course until the next door opens. Preparation looks like hanging in there during that trial until your faith in God is increased. Sometimes it looks like just steady plotting until my attitude changes and my mindset changes. That's preparation. And it is important, because he's a good father, he's going to prepare us before he gives us the next step, before he throws us into something we're not ready for. We have to prepare for what he's getting ready to tell us to do. Romans twelve twelve says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, persistent in prayer. So important. Okay, the second way you can break the cycle of distraction in your life is find your purpose. When you have an idea of what your God-given individual purpose is, it is really easy to separate the distractions in your life from what you need to be doing, because you have a purpose. You know what that next step is. Um, Let me ask you this. How many attended the Greater Than Conference over the weekend, this past weekend? A good number of you. What an incredible conference. We've heard such phenomenal feedback. And some of my favorite feedback has been, you know, I wasn't planning on going, but it was a free conference, so I went. (laughs) I like, wow, I'm glad we could inspire you to get out of bed that morning. But what they said was, I am so glad I went because I walked away with the next step. I'm so glad I attended because I really got so much more out of it than I was expecting to get. And here's some food for thought. Both the Greater Than Conference and the IJM Orlando Prayer Gathering that we had in April, both of those conferences were offered right here at Northwest Church. Both of them were free to attend. Both of them were only a few hours on a Saturday morning. Both of them offered free child care. That is gold, golden. Both of them offered opportunities to serve in hospitality, in setup, in cleanup, in coffee bar. If you don't have a complete purpose for your life yet, jump into the one that's in front of you. If you don't have a complete vision for your life, that's okay, but jump into what God has placed right in front of you. Because sometimes... People say, I don't don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what God wants from me next. What's my next step? And it's like, here's this thing. Here's that thing. We're giving you this. This is offered at the church. This is available. It's like, no, 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 no. But God, I really want to hear your voice. And God's like, I'm throwing gold at you, people. Come on, jump into what? He's placed in front of you because that is where you're going to find your next step. That's where you're going to say, oh, my goodness, it's finally making sense. That's what I need to do. How does all of this make sense with, you know, how does this make any sense in, when we're talking about Liana and boys stuck in slavery on a lake? Like what, how does the two correlate? Well, I'm getting ready to, to pull that giant string and make it all make sense. When we ourselves discover freedom in Christ, when we discover freedom in our minds, in our emotions, in our bodies, we have this compelling desire to see other people set free as well. It's just in us. When we, when we realize what God has done for us, we want to share it with other people. And Gary Haugen of IJM, he said it the best. He said, the best thing you can do for our clients and for our survivors is to keep your relationship with Christ intact. Because he recognizes that people that are close to God, they have a reservoir of things to give to other people. They're able to see outside of their own lives, outside of their own problems. We're all going to have problems in our life. Problems will always exist. So do we wait for them not to exist? we be waiting our whole lives. But the closer to God that we get, the closer to God that we become, we start to see the resources that we possess, that we uniquely possess. That's important. God has given you a unique resource to share with the world. And we are giving, when we're close to God, we're not giving out of our own strength, We're giving out of the reservoir that He gives us, the reservoir of resources, the reservoir of love, a reservoir of strength, a reservoir of patience, a reservoir of time. Who wants a reservoir of time? Doesn't that sound awesome? You've got to get close to God because that's where you'll discover it. That's living life abundantly. It has very little to do with money and a lot to do with finding our unique purpose. That's the life God called us to live, an abundant life. Who's ready to live an abundant life? Will you stand with me this morning and let me pray for you because it is so important that we capture this. I want you to capture on this Freedom Sunday the true purpose that God has for your life. I want you to be able to see outside of the swirling drama that keeps coming like a hurricane. I want you to be free from that addiction that's plagued you for so long because freedom is here for you to grasp today. That is the life that God has created you for in the name of jesus god i pray for your people today and first and foremost we repent we repent for having our eyes on ourselves on our own problems on our own concerns on our own worries god we give them to you and we allow you to be the biggest thing in our life we allow your voice to be the loudest voice in our life We repent, God, for the times that we've messed up. And we forgive ourselves for messing up. And we ask that you give us the boldness that when you open a door for us, the boldness to walk through it, the boldness to speak your name, the boldness to be rid of that addiction, the boldness to be free from that anxiety, the boldness to be free from that depression. In Jesus' name, May the chains that have tried to ensnare your people be broken today. May we walk in the purpose that you have created for us boldly in the mighty name of Jesus.